Welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. I'm your host, Nolan Bicknell. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Robert Zirk. Today on River City 360, we are continuing our summer coverage of Nourishing Potential, a great initiative from the Winnipeg Foundation that is helping kids make healthy food choices. First up, we'll hear from Lawrence Spatch Mulhall, Executive Director of the Broadway Neighborhood Center. He'll tell us how Nourishing Potential is helping to bring nourishment to inner-city youth. Then we'll share our coverage of a brand new exhibit launching at the Manitoba Museum and hear from Jamie Wilson, the Treaty Commissioner of Manitoba. And finally, as we are every week, we'll be joined in studio by Noah Ehrenberg for his weekly roundup of Community News Commons. We've got all this, some fantastic tunes, and much more on today's episode of River City 360. Good morning and welcome to River City 360. I'm Nolan Bicknell, as I said, and here with my co-host Robert Zirk. Before we get into today's show, first we're going to play a little tune for you. So here's Nat King Cole with those lazy, crazy, hazy days of summer right here on River City 360. sun and moon and sing a song of cheer just fill your basket full of sandwiches and weenies then lock the house up now you're set and on the beach you'll see the girls in their bikinis as cute as ever but they never get them wet roll out those lazy hazy crazy Days of soda and pretzels and beer Roll out those lazy, hazy, crazy days of summer You wish that summer could always be To tell a girl and fella about a driving Or some romantic movie scene Why from the moment that those lovers start arriving You'll see more kissing in the cars and on the screen So Nolan, last week you went to the Broadway Neighborhood Center. We heard your interview with their youth nutrition coordinator, Annalisa Schapa, last Sunday, but I understand you also had the chance to speak to their executive director as well? That's correct, yes. I uh, spoke with Lawrence... Mulhall, also known as Spatch, which is a great little nickname. Uh, he's He was the ED, the executive director of the Broadway Neighborhood Center. Uh, if you're not really familiar with the BNC, they are a nonprofit organization in the West Broadway neighborhood, uh, and they have a, like a whole bunch of things going on there. There was music, there was uh, cooking classes, there's a big gym, there's all sorts of things. There's farmland and a hockey rink in the back. There's all. It was awesome. But their community garden and their commercial kitchen both were built with support from Nourishing Potential. It's a full commercial kitchen, so it's stainless steel. Uh, what we noticed was uh, it, it went about two to three weeks over um, the, the construction 
deadline or when it was supposed to be up and running. And we started to no notice behavioral uh, issues or problems with kids that we ha haven't seen in all, most of the time that I've been here. And it was all, all had to do with, it was all related to food. So once the kitchen was up and running again, um, the, the, everything changed. The kids were calmer. We soon realized that uh, some of our, our, our young people, a majority of them, aren't having, uh, never mind supper, they're not getting breakfast or lunch, or they're not enrolled in, uh, you know, the schools are doing the best that they can, right? So we started um, specific programs pertaining to food and making that sort of our ground zero. A lot of our past guests have mentioned that behavioral issues often stem from a lack of proper nutrition. Yeah, and uh, Spatch mentioned that the extra meal or two can make a real noticeable difference in the kids. Well, you see it in every single area. We, we uh, are in partnership now with Mulvey School, so they will let us know. Um, we talk about you know youth that are participating in that school and here, and um, just their... They're more tentative, and, uh, and the attention span is better in school. The um, they're not leaving halfway th half uh, halfway through the day. They're uh, returning their their homework on time. They're uh, you know so quite a across big the board. yeah right across the board. So how else has nourishing potential helped participants at the Broadway Neighborhood Center? Uh, well, Spatch let us know that the grants really go a long way. Although the center is on a limited budget, the grants from Nourishing Potential do a lot to help enhance their programming. How the Nourishing Potential grant helps us is we have a very small budget, so we can enhance. So we buy from farmers. We buy a lot of our stuff. If you're here later on today, you'll see we have a farmer's market. That's all local. The kids yesterday were out at the farm harvesting for the farmer's market. Um, that food, you know, that we purchase, we're supporting farmers. Uh, young people are learning, have now the potential to learn about carbs and proteins and beans and different things that they can actually uh, put inside their body and how it impacts your body. We cannot do that without these grants like Nourishing Potential from the Winnipeg Foundation. And if you have an opportunity to go online with the new Jonathan Taves uh, initiative, like I got to meet the young man and he's just a, uh, he's fantastic, one of my favorite hockey players. But he is totally behind this 100%, and it's just a great cause. So we get to add, if we have $2 per meal or, or you know, per kid, it helps us add the dollar two per meal. So it's, it's, it increases the quality and variety of the food. And I think that's important to know. So it sounds like the Broadway Neighborhood Center is doing a lot to improve the lives of people in the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah it really is. Uh, Spatch talked about some of the center's successes and the different ways in which they've been able to make a difference just getting somebody who never comes here to come here, somebody who never leaves the house to leave the house, someone who never attends school to start going to school, start passing school, you know, uh, start uh, actually looking at, um, you know, having a, a vision, you know, a, a goal, setting goals. And so those are, you know, some of the ways that we measure success. Mm -hmm. So the end of school this year, we, uh, I went to support one particular young lady. She's in the office there, Tanisha, is graduating grade 12, and she's been coming here since she was eight. And I realized that we had seven, you know, seven people connected to different programs in here that were actual graduate, actually graduating. We had one young lady, so four out of seven won awards, and one uh, young lady in particular won four, and one of them was a $100,000 scholarship. So that's the second time that that's happened. So she can go to any university that she wants, you know, study pre-law, whatever, and she'll, and that's guaranteed. So that surprised me because I'm so busy, and we have just TV, and we have... You know, so many different programs, I don't get to see everybody. That I was watching the, 
graduates come in and I was like, hey, they're in our program. Hey, they're in our program. Hey, you know, so that's, that's pretty impressive. That's great. So how can people get involved if they're interested in helping out? I mean, the best way I think is just just stop by and, and ask how you can help, whether it's at the BNC directly or another community center in your neighborhood, because there's a lot in Winnipeg. Whether it's us or any neighborhood community center organization in your neighborhood, go there. Take the time to go in and visit, see what they're doing. Um, you know, ask them uh, what the need what the need is. What what is it that um, how can you help? One thing that we do here is we we do a skills inventory. So if you're interested in volunteering, you know, do it do that type of an inventory with yourself. What can you offer? So when you walk in, you could say, "I can teach skating. I can help cooking. I can. I'd be happy to clean. I'd be happy to happy to run a yoga program. I'd be happy." You you have that uh, potential uh, inside of you already. So. You know, don't stay away because you feel you have nothing to offer. Everybody has something to offer. So come on down. And you could reach us. I don't know if you, you know, you, our website is thebnc.ca if you want to see some of the videos or pictures of uh, young people cooking. Um, you can call us at 204-772-9253 if you'd like to come and volunteer. And thank you for this. Thank you so much, Nolan, for that interview. And thank you to Lawrence Spatch-Mulhall, the executive director of the Broadway Neighborhood Center. To learn more about the BNC, as Spatch said, you can visit thebnc.ca. Coming up after the break, we will tell you about a brand new exhibit that was just announced at the Manitoba Museum. But first, we've got Frank Chaxfield with On the Beach, right here on River City 360. That was On the Beach by Frank Jacksfield right here on River City 360. Good morning and thank you so much for listening. Robert Zirk here along with my co-host Nolan Bicknell. 
Canada's indigenous history is something that we'd have to dedicate a dozen shows to do, never mind just one, but there's significant historical indigenous artifacts that are now being displayed at the Manitoba Museum. Uh, That's correct. The uh, We Are All Treaty People exhibit was officially opened on Wednesday this week, and uh, I got the opportunity to speak with Jamie Wilson, the treaty commissioner, right before he basically made it official by signing the Memorandum of Understanding uh, between the Manitoba Museum and the Treaty Relations Commission of Manitoba that was sort of allowing these artifacts to be displayed. So what are we doing here today? Um, It's the official opening of the new exhibit at the Manitoba Museum um, that really, to me, highlights uh, the, the central importance treaties have played in Canadian history. And in, in more, I think more, it, to me, it highlights the fact, the role that First Nations have played in our collective history, right? Um, we've got treaty medals here from uh, all of the treaties in Manitoba. We've got uh, sacred artifacts. Uh, and that's and that's not something that usually happens in museums, but with the blessing of First Nations, it, that alone and the process that went into that has just been remarkable. It's kind of an unprecedented partnership, essentially. So, yeah. why why is it important for our listeners? Why is this important for the general average Manitoban or Canadian? Uh, well, I think First Nations and museums haven't always had a really positive relationship. Historically, artifacts were forcibly taken from people or kind of coerced out of people. So a lot of artifacts that you see globally that are related to First Nations are not there with their intent, right? So there's this whole reclamation effort. Now, the Museum of Manitoba, in particular Maureen Matthews, um, has really outreached to the First Nations community, to First Nations elders, and said, you know what, we have these artifacts. They're from your community. How can we work together? Firstly, she asked, should we be showing these things, right? And the elders had this big debate. It happened over, you know, uh, a whole series of meetings. Some of them said, no, these are sacred artifacts. They, they shouldn't be public. Kind of went back and forth. And it was one, one of the elders who said, you know, if we don't show these things, our kids won't see them either, right? Um, so then, then they went into, if we are going to show these things, how do we do it right? And this, they, they embarked on a whole journey to teach Marine Here's what you have to have with the pipes. Here's how you have to display them. Here's the angle even that they're set up. Like if you see the exhibit later, you'll see even the way they're laid out, the direction they're facing, the angles they're at. It's all, that's all been directed by elders. Is that like nor- you have to be facing north or south or what's the specifics? Yeah, um, Char- yeah Char- Charlie, Charlie Nelson, who's sitting over there in the yellow, he's, he's the one that kind of laid that all out. And, you know, they have um, like sacred medicines with all of them. And they have the pouches with all of them. So there's a lot of little things as you go through the exhibit that most people wouldn't notice. But it's a real reflection of the process that, that went through. How important was it to get the blessing of the elders to, to display these? Um, I think it couldn't have happened without it. Yeah, to me. Because you wouldn't have had the First Nations on board, right? Um, so they had... So after Maureen went through this whole process of engaging with the elders and the elders had this debate and dialogue, they said, okay, if we're going to do this, let's have a feast for all of these pipes that are here in the museum. They, they had the first feast here in the, in the gallery. There's a temporary exhibit called We're All Treaty People. 
um, they opened all the pipes. Uh, um, we brought in food, had a ceremony to kind of re... Spiritually, pipes are living things when they're put together, right? So it's, it's they're animate objects, basically. So we kind of re-welcomed them. And then last, what was it? I guess this spring, um, Maureen brought all the pipes to Rosal River and they had a whole community feast for these pipes. And the, and the community welcomed these pipes back into the community as a you know and it was the it was in the school and it was beautiful to see all the kids in the school line up and just touch the pipes to greet them like a handshake almost just to greet them to say you know welcome welcome back kind of thing it's treating them with respect as you would a, another human being basically yeah, yeah and to, to me the the process of what when the process that went into this display is to me more important than the display itself because it, it, the process and the, mu the museum has led the way in setting an example for here's here's how you here's how you work with First Nations people here's how you get First Nations engaged and buy-in and this is here for us as well as you know this is not us and our stuff on display this is here for us for like I can bring my kids here and explain to my kids hey, here's why they're set up this way and I can show them all of that. Right? It's sort of a good step towards strengthening relationships from, for all of Manitoba and all of Canadians, essentially. Yeah, it's an example that should be followed in, you know, business, government, like it's, yeah, all areas. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much okay. for your time. I right appreciate on. that. Thanks. The We Are All Treaty People exhibit is on right now at the Manitoba Museum, so go on down and check things out. It's very, very cool to see. Uh, for more information, you can go to the Manitoba Museum website at manitobamuseum, all one word, dot C-A. Coming up after the break, Noah Ehrenberg is going to sit down with us in studio to talk about this week on Community News Commons. But first, here is New York, New York by Frank Sinatra, right here on River City 360. Start spreading the news I'm leaving today I want to be a part of it New York, New York These vagabond shoes Are longing to stray Right through the very heart of it, New York, New York. I want to wake up in a city that doesn't sleep and find I'm king of the hill, top of the heap. These little town blues. Are melting away I'll make a brand new start of it In old New York If I can make it there I'll make it anywhere It's up to you New York
in a city that never sleeps. And find I'm a number one. Thank you for listening to River City 360. We are now joined in studio by Noah Ehrenberg. He's the community news commons convener. And uh, he likes to show up every week and tell us what's been happening in the world of citizen journalism through the lens of Community News Commons. So thank you for joining us, Noah. It's great to be here. So this week, what have you brought us? What's the most pressing and interesting story on CNC? Well, the story that I like the most on communitynewscommons.org this week has to do with retirement. Uh, It's a story by the citizen reporter Isaac Warman, and he wrote a story called Rethinking Retirement, a Women's Housing Initiative in Winnipeg. And, you know, in many cities across North America and around the world, there's a growing need for alternative retirement options for baby boomers. I was just going to say the boomers are now getting to that age where they're going to start you know, really pushing the limits of our uh, of our care systems. Exactly. And this story focuses, uh, focuses on baby boomer women. And um, there's a woman in Winnipeg who's decided to confront this challenge head on. Her name is Beverly Suick. And uh, she's well known uh, in Winnipeg's feminist community. Um, and she has opened a retirement cooperative for women in Winnipeg's Riverview neighborhood. And Isaac Werman does an interview and a little audio story with uh, Bev Suik, and that is featured on communitynewscommons.org. It's a great story, and I think our listeners would really enjoy uh, tuning into that. That's great. So last segment, we heard from Jamie Wilson, who is the Treaty Commissioner of Manitoba, and he told us all about the event that just happened on Wednesday opening the new uh, exhibit at the Manitoba Museum. I understand uh, the CNC covered that event as well. Yes, it's, uh, we thought that this was a really important story just because of the significance of having all of those medals together in one place for the first time. And it also showed what the Manitoba Museum is doing in terms of leadership in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's, very, it's a unique type of, uh, of um, activity for the museum to get involved in, but it really... Uh, takes something historical, that being the agreements between uh, Canada and First Nations, um, and looks at the artifacts that represent those um, those uh, historical events, the medals and some of the sacred uh, artifacts that were on display mm-hmm. along with the medals. And what it does is it really gives uh, the public an opportunity to look at those historical do- uh, documents and medals and other artifacts and understand the significance of that. And right. uh, it was a tremendous event at the museum, and it really uh, shows how museums aren't just places of you know history, but they're places where the present comes alive. And in particular, those agreements between First Nations and Canada, that being the treaties, are something that we can actually look at, learn about, and you know um, go forward uh, in terms of our relationship uh, between Canada and First Nations. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so every week, we like to ask you, since you're a bit of a uh, music buff and a local local music buff, uh, to bring us some local music and for our listeners to hear. So what have you brought this week? Well, this week I thought I would feature Quinton Blair, and he hails out of Steinbach, Manitoba. And Quinton is a uh, terrific uh, musician who really has been around. He <laughs> is uh, Q, as he's often called, is a songwriter and guitarist, and he's worked uh, internationally uh, as well. Um, he travels Western Canada with some of the biggest names in Canadian uh, music. Great. And um, he's um, he spends a lot of time uh, playing country fairs, rodeos, folk music festivals, um, and he has this unique ability to connect with an audience. Uh, he kind of translates cool. to being a good old boy, picking a guitar in the spotlight. Oh, yeah. And, um, and he will be uh, today, actually, this afternoon, He's uh, and this evening, he's over at the uh, Harvest Sun 
Music Festival. Okay, so that's Sunday. If you're listening Sunday, if you're listening to the podcast Monday, sorry you missed it, but today on Sunday you can you can make it still. Yeah, he's over at the Harvest Sun Music Festival, which is in Kelwood, Manitoba, which is on Highway Five, just between Riding Mountain and. Um, and uh, McCreary is okay. where it is. So it only takes uh, two, three hours to get there. And like I say, it's a big lineup. It's, hap- it's been happening all weekend. And there's a big lineup today and tonight, that being Sunday. Uh, and then, of course, Quentin is also going to be in um, Toulon at the Toulon Rodeo on August the 22nd and at the Cube here in Winnipeg on August the 24th. And I thought what we could do is uh, feature a song from his uh, album, Blues Man. The name of the track is Time Keeps on Ticking. And this is Quentin Blair with Time Keeps on Ticking on River City 360 on CGNU 93.7 FM. I lived a few miles from the border One night across the line And I pulled off the highway When I saw a small town sign I ordered up some coffee And that's when she caught my eye At a little cafe diner On Highway 29 And she said I was crazy To stop here in this old town Nobody stops no more Since they shut the factory down Old men still hang around But no one stops to listen well, It breaks their heart Watching this town die But time and keeps on ticking So I killed a couple hours And she showed me feed mill and the co-op and the factory they shut down she told me how she grew up on a farm just east of here black angus charlay heifers and her daddy team rope steers and she said she was crazy to stay here in this old town well everybody's moved on and the price of beef is down Still hang around, but no one stops to listen. Cause it breaks her heart watching this town die by time. It keeps on ticking. Well, they scratched and clawed the year And that's it for this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you for listening. And a big thank you to all of our guests, Lawrence Spatch Mohall from the Broadway Neighborhood Center, uh, Jamie Wilson, the Treaty Commissioner of Manitoba, and Noah Ehrenberg of Community News Comments. If you'd like to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg or listen to any or all of our past episodes, please visit rivercity360.org. River City 360, Views and News from Around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with Community News Commons and CJNU 93.7 FM. Please give us a call. Our listener line is open and we'd love to hear from you. So please call 204-944-9474, extension 290, and uh, leave us a comment about the show. You can request a song that you'd like to hear or suggest a topic that we should be covering on a future show. Uh, So that's 204-944-9474, extension 290. And we're also on Twitter and Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at RiverCity360, or you can visit our Facebook page. Just search for RiverCity360. I'm Nolan Bicknell, signing off for RiverCity360. 
And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have an excellent Sunday.